0: Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to partypoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. Hi, I'm Derek Stevens, owner and chief executive officer of Circus Sports, home of the world's largest sports book, and now the largest football contest guarantee in history. We've got $10 million on the line between our two contests. Circa Millions has $4 million in guarantees, including a million in quarterly payouts. The Circus Survivor has a $6 million guarantee. The one thing at Circus Sports, 100% payback, no rake. You enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com for more info. Must be 21 or older and in the back to legally enter. Circus Sports encourages responsible gaming. All rights reserved. You got all kinds of stuff the most ambitious man in poker he's joining us here. he's known as that. he's doing a lot of stuff. We got a ton to talk about Patrick. how are you
1: good, good to be here good to be here I'm, I'm jealous yeah. of this painting behind you. I've been watching it for the last two minutes or so when you' wait. So, uh it looks like an expensive, it looks like an expensive painting almost as expensive as like a cryptopunk or something you know.
0: It could be it's an Airbnb, so I can't confirm or deny. I don't know what's going on there, but um, this has just happened to be just kind of you know, everything worked out, right? This is the, the spot where we're going live, we're we're set up, it's a it's a pop-up, and I'm glad we're here, I'm glad we're getting to talk because this is a crazy time for online poker. This is this is it, right? This is the epicenter. There's W Coops, there's WPT on Party Poker. There's stuff on GG. It's everything happening. How are you preparing for this as you, meanwhile, are in, I believe, Newcastle? you got a massive project with a brand new uh, football club. I don't know where to start. I'm going to let you take it where you want to go. Tell me first, I guess, let's talk about the upcoming poker schedule. And you've done this for many years. What does this time of year mean for you?
1: So usually, the, usually it starts a little bit later. I think it's usually like September... 10th-ish so like we're we're starting about a month early than normal usually this time of the year i would go on like a boot camp away with like uh, the bitby guys would go to budapest usually for like a week and we'd do like seminars and study and be like a very like group effort like i would study one thing someone would study something else and we'd like present it together so you learn maybe like if i work for one week I'm going to learn like 50 weeks worth of stuff because 50 guys may present to each other. So it was always a very effective, like efficient way to work. Um, But this time, obviously with COVID and stuff, having gone on like a a trip with friends to do something similar. So just being at home kind of in my office here, just doing everything myself. So a little bit slower, so I had to work a little bit harder, Um, but we're starting three days and I feel uh, just about, just about ready. Let's say.
0: and, and, Tell me a little bit about Bitby, for just a while we're there and you t- touch on that. So you were with Bitby for many years and now you've moved. You're on a um, kind of well, you're not doing this stuff with with Run at Once. You got your specialized coaching program. Can you maybe talk a little bit about that transition, what Bitby was for you and what now is going on with that?
1: Yeah, so BitBee was very much kind of my life. I would probably spend like 10 hours a day on it every day. um, Checking, rechecking, meetings, this, that, the other. Um, So it was very, it took up basically my whole life from my 20s, from like say 22, 23 to like 30. Um, So it it was my life. It engrossed everything. It meant I couldn't play as much poker. It meant I couldn't be involved in other projects like football, stuff like this. Um, And then I left BitBee last february let's say last march and then between march and for, for basically march and april i think it was i was just felt like kind of lost you know when you're used to doing something like 10 hours a day and then like you stop doing it and you don't have something to do so i was like okay um let's do a poker course and it's kind of the same amount of effort the same amount of time you know like five to ten hours a day and for the, for the end of last year um let's say from like summer till the end of the year, like June until like January, I basically started to make a poker course and it wasn't too different to what I was doing with BitBee, like thinking about poker, running poker Sims, putting everything in like a structured way. So it, was, it didn't really feel that different to me. Um, and then we launched this course on when it Once, I guess in February, let's say, and it's been about six months now. I could be completely off on the times by a month or so, but it's around about that timescale. Yeah.
0: Sweetie, please take him. Uh, sorry, I was, <laughs> my son, my son was supposed to be napping. He woke up. He's a little uh, fired up here. All right. So you got, you got that transition. And how's that course been? How that process when you said, I'm going to make a poker course? Sounds like a good idea. It's a ton of work. I know you, you're you sort of like very meticulous and, and you put your heart and soul into what you're doing. So how, how would that process, how would you say that went in terms of like, what are you? how it turned out is it was it harder easier to make are you surprised by the a number of people that have come forward and in the feedback you're getting or was it sort of like all right this is i really put a lot of time and effort in this and this is a and you're, and you're just like wow this is how what i thought it would be how, how did that kind of that whole process turn out for you in your opinion
1: yeah Sorry. i mean i i have a lot of people who message me like on twitter or instagram where they're saying like recommend how to get better at poker and I tell them basically, like, make your own poker calls. So basically what I did is I tried to cover the game from the very bottom to the very top, it's like all of pre-flop, all of post-flop, all of ICM, all of PSGOs, all of 10 big blinds, 20 big blinds, 30 big blinds, all the way up to 100 big blinds. So basically try to cover the whole game. So I basically solved or like ran the Sims for every single thing within poker and then spoke out loud about the information which I was reading. Because sometimes if you look at something, you think you're learning, but if you don't speak out, out loud you don't actually take in the information or you don't hear yourself correct yourself or realize flaws in yourself, etc. So making the poker course, I think, improved my game a lot because I had to just, I basically studied every single thing within poker. So what it what it kind of taught me was that if you want to give advice to someone about how to get good at poker, who's maybe like, let's say, a smaller mid stakes player is literally just make a poker course. And even if it takes you one year, or 15 months, wherever it may be, it's not going to be just a one month job, but after those 15 months, or two, even if it's two years, you should know every single thing about poker, at least to a, a decent, a decent degree, you know? Um, and then you can watch back the videos of yourself and learn that way as well. So that's kind of what the main thing I took from it was that I'm surprised about how much I improved as a player. Um, so even without, you know, making money from selling the course, I think, I made enough EV in that time as a better player to play higher stakes or to continue playing high stakes or whatever it may be. So that was kind of my my biggest takeaway, I think. I didn't really see it as, as like a course, let's say. I saw it more as like a, almost like personal development or game development or whatever it may be.
0: And, and and there's so many there's so much information, there's so many study tools, different programs now. There's a there's a plethora of information. How aware and alert are you to other courses like you know, there's there's raise your edge. I know you work with Ben C B and do some crossover. That's what I that's what I've kind of like my core, but then there's there's upswing, there's I can name ten other courses, right? There's one at yeah. once now, you've partnered, done that. What what is your how is your program different? And are you alert and have you watched other courses either to help kind of see what they're doing and get their style and format or, you know, do you not have time because you do your own stuff, you study your own way, you put your life in a bit, be now you're doing the course. Like do you actually have time? Do you go through other courses to either just compare and contrast or, or are you familiar with other courses?
1: yeah so I, I basically, one of the reasons why I made the course was because I thought with, I'm not going to say like individual ones or whatever, but I thought a lot of the courses were lacking in terms of like, quantity the quality was quite good from really good coaches but that would maybe just it, it wasn't telling you kind of the whole thing let's say so like maybe a course has like 20 videos or 30 videos and if you want to learn everything about tournaments it's so complex you know you have icm mixed stack sizes deep stack shallow stack you have eight positions on a table it's not like a heads-up game you know there's so many different positions versus different positions so i was like i want to cover absolutely everything and put it all into one rather than have like I, I could have made a course on basically playing ICM. I could have made a course on PSKOs. I could have made a course on pre a course on post-flop and sell them all individually with like 30 videos in each, which is what most sites do. But how I wanted to differentiate was basically put, put them all together, but for the same price. So instead of selling five courses for a thousand dollars and, uh, Doing it that way, I thought I would sell just five courses all within one. If that makes sense, so like I had a heads up part of the course with Kevin Rabbitshaw, so me and Kevin could have made a heads up course together and sold it for let's say five hundred dollars, whatever. Um, but instead, we put it in the course. Uh, same with PSGOs, same with ICM, same with live plays. I think some of the other sites they have like a course and then they have a like a live place which you can buy on top as like a second thing, but I wanted to put it all into one. So I think that's the biggest thing which stands out. I think we have like 192 videos now and like 96 hours. And I think the average for the other courses is like 30 videos in 12 hours or something along the lines of that. So I think so, but that's just how I see it.
0: And, and when you... How often did you would you find yourself recording a video and have to start over? And be like, I didn't like it. How many, I mean, I know I I don't want to say you're a perfectionist. I just feel like you're someone that's really you know takes pride in your craft. How was that process in actually making it? Like, did it take you more or less time? That when all now that the course is done, and I guess you can make updates. Is that right? Do you actually update material or add new material? I'm not sure some courses do that, but h- how would you say like time wise? Is it what you expected when you went into it, or was it more or less when it all came out?
1: Yeah. So we had 160 videos initially, and I think we've added 32 since. Uh, so six months, 32. It's like adding in, in like five videos a month. I'm going to continue doing that for a year or so. So it should probably end up being like 250 videos. So um, I would say each video I do probably an average of four times each, but not the full amount. I probably start the first 10 minutes and redo the first 10 minutes, like two or three times, maybe four or five times. Um it could just be the first whatever, but um, but yeah, like I said, it's, you know, if you're studying, you're also going over something and over something again. So it doesn't really feel like, Oh fuck, I have to do it again. It just feels like, okay, like I'm just going to go over something again. So,
0: um, yeah. Very, very cool. Well, I do want to remind everyone who's watching live, this is going to be on all the audio outlets. We're also going to weigh a $109 WPT main of. Event phase three ticket, which is pretty cool because if you bag a stack in that, yeah. you get a shot into the five thirty. Yeah. You take your stack, whatever you bag, and they actually get added blinds. Right, the the, the the format rolls back, and then you get a sh- where twenty guaranteed seats on a Sunday. You you get into the five thirty, and then that gives you a seat potentially into the five thousand three hundred. I actually played one of those phases. Got in the 530, won it, and I don't know if you have you played in those, Patrick. Are you have you done any stuff? Now? I don't. I them? don't
1: play any any
0: satellites at all. Um, I don't play any solids at all. Well, that's good news, that's good news for our viewers cuz that means if you get it if you do get the ticket you have a better chance of winning cuz Patrick's not in but it is good value. It is an opportunity to get in there and it's a 5,300 it's $5,300 entry WPT 5 million guaranteed. I mean, this is one of the highlight events of the year. There's three starting days. It does kick off August 29th. The actual WPT series kicks off this weekend, I think today, technically Thursday, August 12th is the first of the 215, uh, 1 million. There's a lot of phases. What is your plan with the WPT, with Party Poker? But also, of course, there's other events going on, right? There is a there is other major series. How, how do you prepare for this type of uh, intensive month or so that's coming up?
1: Yeah, so basically, I will only play series events on other sites. So, for example, GG... I will play the World Series, but I won't play like daily tournaments. Uh, on Pokestars I'll play WCOOP, I won't play daily tournaments. And then on Party, I'll pay, play basically everything, so everything on the site, which is like one or nine or higher. Um, that's, what, that, that's kind of how I'll go into it. Um, so yeah, that's... I'll play every single day um, from the 15th, which is Sunday, until the, I guess, three or four weeks, whenever everything finishes. Um, so yeah, is I'll... It- I don't play like I don't play like the $20 like mini openers or anything like that. Um, but if there's like a $50 main event or something like that or like all the 109s, I will play all of them for sure.
0: Are you in the pro hunt? Are you one of the, the pros of Yeah. Yes,
1: yeah, so this is Friday. This is, I actually to me i feel like even though the series starts today or sometimes the series starts earlier with phases and stuff to me the series doesn't really start until this pro hunt kind of tournament starts it feels like all the pros are there there's a hype about it there's twitch about it there's everyone tweeting and sending pictures and stuff that's when it really feels like it starts to me so like, even though it starts today i'm not telling people not to play but i feel like the pro hunt kind of tournament is like where things start to like kick off a little bit um so like i know like gg have had like world series events running every day like there was a 5k 6 max and i would never ever miss a 5k 6 max in my life really but it doesn't really feel to me like this it's series time yet so i just haven't been playing um but after this pro hunt i feel like that's when it'll like change a little bit psychologically and i'll and then i will because it's like hype you know like people yeah. are talking about it I'm, maybe on twitch you know you do an interview about it whatever it may be so yeah i'm looking forward to that um, yeah,
0: just just a little more context for those that this tournament that we're speaking on, Patrick's mentioning, this is a 30K guaranteed, $33 tournament, which is cool. They're, Party Poker has a lot of that type of stuff. But this is where anyone that's a, a pro, there's some also friends of the stream that, uh, of Party Poker that they're putting in. And if you knock them out, you get a 109 phase ticket, the one we're mentioning, that gets you a few bag chips into the 530 that then you have a shot for the 5K, uh, top, you know, 20 guaranteed seats on a Sunday. So it's really cool because they're added that, and I think the winner of this tournament gets a 5,300 dollars main event seat added as well. So this is definitely a, a cool event. Really nice, nicely done, and as you said sort of feels like the official start and, and it's something that people are excited about and there'll be a lot of people streaming it as well. And as any other tournaments here before we kind of segue, there's a lot to talk about, but, uh, any of these events, are you playing PLO a lot these days? Are you going to play this 2k PLO? That was one that jumped out to me. I love. PLO. Yeah.
1: We'll definitely play anything just like any format, which is actually been spending most of my time in the last two or three months playing eight game. Um, I'm trying to learn 8-game, so I've been playing a lot of PLO, um, mostly like 40 big blind PLO in 8-game, actually, which is actually perfect for a tournament. So I'm actually really looking forward to playing all the PLO in uh, WPT. Uh, Something which I really like about WPT in general is we have a lot of 7-handed tournaments. We're the only site, I think, online which does 7-handed tournaments. It feels, I feel like 9-handed is a bit dead now, Uh, but 6-handed can sometimes feel a bit hectic a bit rushed, a bit like you've got too much tables, but I think seven-handed is like kind of the perfect sweet spot. Um, sometimes you'll be down to six players on the table, but um, you're never playing like four or five-handed really. So yeah, I really like the fact that there's a lot of seven-handed tournaments and Mixed Max as well. And I just like that everything's different. It just like, it feels exciting a little bit. Just like I basically play poker for these series times, basically May and August. Like this is when, this is the whole reason why I'm a poker player for these series. So I get quite excited about them to be fair in a geeky way.
0: Absolutely. And any, any, any other than that, though, is there any, if you're someone at home who maybe you know plays $20, $50, $100 tournaments, you know, maybe take, a, maybe take a couple shots. Uh, is there anyone that jumps out in this whole structure, this whole format? Is there any tournament here that you're just like, I'm not going to miss it. Do you think it's going to be insane value, like a 500, one mil? Is there anything here that you would just say, if you're saying to someone who's looking for a shot at home that normally grinds, what, what would be some turn here, you're just like you would try to get in or satellite in.
1: So, I really enjoy six max uh, as a championship event. I think there's a micro six max, it's $20, 100k guaranteed. I think, I think okay. that I think those tournaments are always it's um, and also, and there's also like a mixed max one as well. But I prefer hand to play in general. So, I think uh, for people who like to be aggressive and loose and splashy, I think. The Mixed Max events and the Six Max events, to me, they are the most exciting. Other people who come from maybe like a casino background, they prefer playing nine-handed or eight-handed or like kind of slower, grind it out, play a bit tighter. But I like action. I like to gamble. I like to you know run a big stack, play lots of hands. And I think a lot of amateurs do as well. So I can be doing it in a 2K, but one of the beautiful things about all these kind of series is you can be playing the exact same tournament as as a $20 version, you know, which I think is... Is cool for sure. And you can also yeah. build your way up those things, right? Like one once upon a time, I was playing the twenty dollar version and was really excited too, you know. And now the fact you can play the two fifteen or whatever it is, I think is quite nice.
0: Yeah, that's uh it's true. And also there is the four dollar phase, right? The four you can play a four dollar into the twenty-two, into the one oh nine, into the five thirty, into the into the uh the five thousand. And I mean there's there's crazy stories. I think Charlotte it was she took like a hundred dollar uh, took it into a six hundred dollars score. She, she just got into the hundred k from the from there. I remember that bubble where she was like short or kind of on it, and it was like a two hundred k min cash. She spun it up. I mean, one of the great stories. And this stuff happens. Like it's like you know, you, you, cash games are great online. There's a lot of different formats you can play, but really tournaments. It is some one of those things where that's yeah, fun to take a shot, fun to mix it up, and and you really can just have a couple days, a day or two, put together of running good, playing well, and all of a sudden you got a shot for a big score. So I think that's pretty cool. Party's one of the the sites that gives you a really good opportunity to uh to sort of parlay it and, and take shots so uh yeah. best of luck to everyone out there and again there's a lot of options a lot of different high medium low options along the way and uh you might find yourself through a phase in and in a big buy and having a shot so um definitely a lot of opportunity uh want to want to uh also ask about preparation i know on the last time on the podcast we spoke about <laughs> tables preparation and whatnot you're kind of in the uk it's an interesting i got a little taste of that i don't play a ton in the uk but the schedule is very late right starts at like six seven o'clock uh local goes really late how do you you, how do you prepare for that in a way i feel like there's pluses and minuses right it's kind of annoying to finish at three four five six a.m during some of these series or whatever but it's also kind of nice to wake up you know get a workout do your day and get going how do you actually like map out your schedule do you look across the sites party gg uh stars whatever and do you like during a w coop time wpd time how do you actually like decide do you do you know in the day Do you have it all mapped out here's the events i'm definitely playing here's where i'll play if stuff opens up like how do you navigate organize this type of hectic stuff because there is literally like too many screens right you couldn't play everything you actually want to play it's not really possible across all the sites how do you make cuts how do you organize your screen i want to know the patrick leonard focus situation i've seen your monitors if you guys don't follow him on instagram you should give him a follow because it's pretty crazy he'll show you he does like hand reviews he also will show his monitors where he has like two or three or whatever you know four i don't know how many screens you actually have but what is the maximum screens you have give me all that because that's fascinating to me and how you do it
1: yeah so previously i would have just i used to just open up everything i go for leaderboards as well so uh one of my goals would be to like win leaderboards especially like wc leaderboard um, so I'll be playing all the $1 and $5 and $10 too. So I need to be quite careful with that stuff um, because if I'm playing a 25K and I'm playing a $1 tournament, it's like a little, and it's like in a weird format, like Deuce to Seven triple draw or something, it can take a lot of focus. Um, so I like to max, legis- max late register a lot of tournaments on other sites. On Party, I usually try to register straight away from the start. Don't really ever late reg um, the stuff there. I will basically be cutting out, like I said, all the daily schedules from other sites um, to make sure that I have enough space. I have uh, a forty-inch monitor here and a forty-inch monitor here, so I have like my main games in front of me, like where most focus is, and then on another screen I will have like low stakes stuff or like not as important stuff to me, which I will basically just autopilot or play like very tight and just like if I don't have a good hand, I'll just like quick fold, quick fold that screen, and then come back to the main screen. Um, I actually really like the UK time zone to play poker because I think it gives you like three or four hours to just get into like, not like mindset, like meditate you can do if you want to, but just like get your day going and like not be groggy and not be too tired. Like it gives you, like you said, you can go for a workout. You can go for a lunch. You can, you can be chilled and not rushed. I think if you're in Canada and you're waking up at 7am, like you're basically forced to just go and play. And that first few hours of your session usually i guess don't go so well and if the first few hours don't go well it's very tough to like recover in the uk i think you can spend those like the afternoon with friends the afternoon getting sunlight the afternoon having lunch the afternoon playing football uh seeing family um if you have a relationship or whatever it's a lot easier probably you can spend the day with somebody uh rather than if you finish it like 9pm and then like they don't want to go out to a restaurant then or like they have work in the morning um so yeah i kind of i kind of really enjoy this time zone to be honest
0: yeah um, i was thinking i did one time uh victoria i believe canada like kind of vancouver area and i thought like in a way i was like oh it could be cool because it's like you maybe get to bed earlier and whatnot but i'm such a night owl and it's just like it was so brutal to like kind of get uh, going you know, that early and even like the East coast, like Canada or Mexico times. And I think that's like, I like it in some ways, but you're right. Cause you kind of like wake up, you you play, you go to bed late or whatever you wake up and it's sort of like you roll out of bed and you're sort of going right. It's like, if you want to get live by and playing time, that's pretty tricky. Cause it does, there's studies I've heard. And it makes sense that you need your mind, you know, to wake up, get acclimated get it get it kind of fresh get some activity in. and it's really hard during these series because you just find yourself up late no matter what and then when you wake up you just roll right into it i think that's kind of a, a dangerous thing hold on buddy you Want to say hi hey hi patrick he doesn't have kids but this is uh this is joseph can you say hi hi uh, yeah okay that's a fly swatter sweet Sorry. Yeah. He, uh, this is, we, we just closed, uh, close quarters here, but, um, sorry, yeah, grab this guy. He's a uh, future future. He wants to hear Patrick talk, but well, he can't keep quiet. So, um, yeah. What about speaking of that? What about, what do you think about kids and whatnot? Are you, do you have, uh, plans for, for children? Would you like to have kids at some point? I mean, you're, I don't know how you could fit it in, but what, what's your thoughts on that? You're muted. You're muted. <clears throat> Mute.
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's a sign. I was saying definitely yes, but it was muted, so maybe, 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 maybe that's a sign. But yeah, def- definitely in the future. For, um, right now, there's just so much going on. I have so many plans where it, it just
0: wouldn't work. But in the future, for sure. Yeah, uh, for sure. How, how old are you? Uh, Thirty-two. Thirty-two. 32
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. You got you got plenty of time. There's never a good time to start, but it's, yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely yeah for sure. That's good to hear. I, I hope you do, and it is definitely the best best thing in the world, but also, um, yeah, cut down some of your, your time <laughs> and pie chart on what you, what you got going on. Um, yeah.
1: What, one other thing about the time zones is I think if you're in Canada and you finish like 7.00 PM or let's say Mexico, it's very easy to like, uh, be distracted and like people go out for beers or people go out clubbing or whatever it may be in the UK, you literally finish at 3.00 AM or 4.00 AM. Like no one can convince you to go out. So like, there's no like distractions. You, you stay on a very consistent, um, very consistent kind of, uh schedule you know you wake up at like 12 or 1 you have four or five hours to be productive without any bad distractions everyone else is at work whatever then you start playing then you finish in the middle of the morning where no one can like convince you to go out or convince you to to go just for one beer which turns into five whatever so i think from that point of view it's very easy to be consistent in the uk whereas mexico or canada might have a bit too many potential
0: distractions you know Makes a lot of sense. I I, I do kind of, I do like it over in this uh, this this region. It does seem like there's a lot of benefits, and I think that you're right. Ultimately, because also it doesn't always go that late. Some days you don't have great. You know, your day may not go. Maybe you've done it 12 or 1 or whatever, too, or even earlier, and then it's not so crazy, and then you have, like, the full day. So uh, I think it may be the actual GTR. For a while, I was thinking it was that maybe even going more west coast in the U.S., like like I said, in, in Victoria. But I think that's just too brutal. Um, and unless you're, like, a super early riser, it's just kind of tricky. So um, – and then talk about tables. What's the most tables you'll ever have going at once?
1: Um,
0: Like thirty. 30- 32 probably, I would say at
1: most, Um, but not like this is at most. Um, Minimum would be 12 uh, and like on average, like 18, I would say. And then obviously once I get to a certain time of the day, I'll stop registering and 18 becomes 16, 14, 12, 10, 8, 6, 2, 1, you know? So like I'm, I have like, uh, I've, I've not like, I've not been, I've not been told by a doctor or whatever, but I feel like I, I have some some form of ocd where i just need to be having action having stuff going like if i play one table i think i don't play as well as if i have like six or eight tables where i don't know my mind's just ticking ticking over that's just the way that i think yeah. i would but
0: when when you do it that's pretty incredible i mean that's that's got to be the most that anyone i've ever heard uh, i think i've I tried like 24 once back playing like cash like and it was it was a mess and couldn't even keep up with it this was like 10 years ago or something. And uh, just not for me. And I've, I've actually talked about this. I, I think this is like one of the more interesting things in poker for those that grind online. Cause I think if you could find for yourself, right. It's like, it's the same thing with a lot of stuff in life. Like you could recommend what's the, what's the table, like average what you should do but it's very tricky right are you playing six max you playing eight or nine handed are you playing different games um you know are you using on one site are you on five sites how are you organizing it there's a lot of factors that can come into play and i just it's hard to say i think for me personally i think like four to six is a sweet spot i find when i go eight or ten or something or 12 like i really struggle and it's, it's just i mean part of that is i'm streaming on twitch so i think that does add some tables and we've talked about this but i i just uh I don't know. It's just a very tricky thing. Yeah.
1: I think a lot of people really like, like, you, you know, you said there, you said four or six, then you said 10 and 12. I think that's what a lot of people kind of do. Maybe I'm not saying you do nothing. You do it. But a lot of people do it incorrectly that they try to do like big jumps to me. Playing extra tables is like just as big a skill. as like, being able to play the button, being able to play the big blind, whatever it may be, I think being able to, I think training yourself from, like I didn't just one day wake up and play 32 tables, you know, like I started with four, then I went to six, and then I went to eight, and then I went to 10, then I went to 12 and slowly trained myself up over, you know, 10 years, whatever, playing online. And being able to just be able to play more tables means you make more money. Right. So like, I think not, uh, not enough people, prioritize it as like a, a skill and they see it as just like a thing, like a talent. Like I don't think it's really a talent. I think it's like a skill that you train up over time and get used to and get used to it, playing more, getting your brain used to playing more tables because if you can play 32 tables with a, you know, 10% ROI or six tables with a 30% ROI, you're going to be making more money as the 32 tables. Even if your game drops off, you know, like 75% like poker at the end of the day is like how is like a, a game to win right like people play it to make money or whatever uh, or like professionals do at least so i think training yourself up to to play more and more tables is probably like the most underrated skill in poker that's what that's why i would that's what i think at least um people are really focused on strategy and sims and this and that and the other where really it's quite a simple one just playing one extra table it doesn't need You know, if you do it gradually, um, I think people just don't really consider it for some reason. I'm not not sure why either, really.
0: Interesting. Very. Yeah, it's super fascinating this topic to me. I just feel like finding like it's like almost going to a doctor, nutritionist, and say like, ah, you know, apples or this is what you should be eating, or some people it's like more meat or less meat or this vitamin D. It's sort of like it'd be nice to be able to get it analyzed and know like what your actual sweet spot is for each individual. And I think it does vary. And that's a good way. That's an interesting sort of like your tolerance with alcohol or anything else, right? Yeah, you said like kind of ease into it, moderation, and, and you don't just want to go from. Zero to 100, and, and sort yeah, of figure I mean, that out. So I And mean, if you went uh, to a
1: doctor and said, I eat McDonald's every day. And he's like, oh well, the perfect diet is X. You wouldn't just jump and do X because you wouldn't be able to do it for like a week or whatever, right? You would slowly, like, you would you you would ditch McDonald's, sure, but you would like not just go from like you said zero to hundred. You would slow, you'd maybe do like one healthy day a week or two healthy days a week, and try to. The goal would be long term to try to build up these two healthy days to six or seven, whatever it may be. But you couldn't just go from zero to seven healthy days a week, you know. You just people just wouldn't. No, no one, no one does that,
0: you know. Uh, Right. Yeah. Or smoking or anything, right. To quit or, or change habits. You gotta, you gotta have a process. Um. Again, I want to remind everyone we have a 109 WPT main event phase brought to you through party broker, Patrick, myself, we're going to give that away at the end. And there is uh WPT coming up. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're kind of covering uh, a variety of topics, including what events in the pro hunt, which is on Friday Patrick's involved and in. make sure you guys, uh, get in there, check it out. We do have a question. I'm gonna, I'm just reminding you guys we're giving this away. So go ahead and ask, ask your question. And we're going to, we got a lot. So we're going to cover that at the end, but, uh, I do want to, um, I do want to mention there's a live question, which is interesting. Cause I'm, I have been a part of this and checked it. I was curious. We see hurricane Higgins asking if you've signed up, tip for any two which is a platform i saw you actually review a few hands i've done a few myself but it's one of those things where there's only so much time and i like the concept i like yes you're there i have uh i i'm curious what your thoughts are on that platform just uh, and do you someone's asking i have a hand for you to review are you doing anything with that i saw you on there a little are you still doing anything what do you think about that
1: i did i started with a i started a couple of months ago because i think it's it's one really good, and two, Jamie was involved, and I really like Jamie. I think as a long-term idea, it's really good. Um, like you said, there's really so much, so much time in the day right now, and I was making the course. It was at that time where I was spending so much time doing it, and also because uh, the way that I like to do it is post hands I play. You know, review hands of yourself. I think that's a good way to do it. Um, but I'm I'm I play mostly during series. Then I play Sundays. So, like when I'm playing during series, you, you're dead. And then when you're playing on Sundays, it's not like a daily habit you get into. I think it works out really well for people who, I think it's very well suited to people who play poker like five days a week and they can be part of their process, their schedule where they play, they finish and then they analyze on any two. And I think that will definitely work um, for lots of people. I think for me right now, it doesn't work so well and that's like a shame almost Um I think it's a shame, but I think it's really good. A really good platform and it looks really good and anything James involved with will just be good. I think. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's, I think it's cool. I think it's really nice. There's a couple of cool products like that or similar features and functionality. I think that's really, it's great to see that poker is having more of these options, more ways that, you know, for people to learn to be visual, to find ways to interact. And and it's kind of like a cameo for poker. So yeah, I, 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 uh, I've done a little bit with it. Curious uh, how it'll work out. I think that, it's cool, but um, I saw a question there, and, and it did kind of trigger me because I know you had done a little bit of work with that. Uh, what is what are some tools in poker? Like, if you could list some products other than obviously your course, which is uh, which is very elaborate and intricate, what would be some other kind of tools or things that you think are ways for people to, to sort of learn and get better, other than talking with friends and, and and I guess either you know not necessarily courses, but tools, whether it's DTO or um, you know, there's just a lot of different different. Methods or PO? What are what are some things that you think are the best for people to get better?
1: So when I when I made the course initially, I ran all the sims myself. I bought computer and power. I bought everything, and I used mostly PO Solver and Simple Prooflop and them Resources Calculator. So free tools, which one are very tough to use. I would say very sophisticated to use, very easy to misuse as well, which is a very big problem. Um, two, you need a lot of computing power Either like an external server Or this, that, or the other um, And yeah, free takes A lot of time, so like, let's say I let's say I want to analyse a hand I played Using Peer Solver I have to have a good PC, I have to have a lot of time I have to know how to run the sims And then I have to wait for it to come And be done um, So I spent all that time and all that resources And all the effort on that myself But now I really like using something called Odin. It's what I've been using for like the last few weeks. Odin is essentially, they have every single sim ran for like, I, I think 10 to 50 big blinds right now. So you can pl- just like, let's say you play a session. What I like to do is save every hand. I don't know what to do and I'm not very good at poker. So I usually have like a hundred hands by the end of the session, which I'm unsure if I played it well or not. And I like to go over those hundred hands using Odin like during the week. Um, and for me it's very convenient i don't have to run the Sims myself
0: necessarily uh, it's there for me the interface is really nice um, is this sorry to interrupt you is this rory or fedor were involved with this who's the who's the one's behind this actual thing? Uh,
1: rory yeah rory, rory is the one who developed it i think
0: yeah okay. um, i think
1: fedor also is kind of similar to me in terms that uh, he's very busy with like other projects at the time. And I'm sure Fido like a few years ago would have loved to like be on PSL and run everything and go back and rerun things and really study hard like that. But probably Fido is a very right now, busy guy, first of all, but second of all, he really enjoys still learning about poker and studying poker and checking if he did, he tried doing something cool, which in his mind made sense and he just wants to check it out. And I think Odin's really good for that kind of thing. So if you're the kind of person who wants to study 10 hours a day and run everything yourself, I think PL Solver, Simple Proof-Up is really good. If you're the kind of person who wants to check if your play was good and like go deeper into some stuff uh, and have things immediately available to you, I think Odin is good for that. I think a lot of people fall into that second category and a very select few fall into that first category, I think.
0: Very interesting. And so if you were to make the perfect sort of uh, let's take myself, someone that's played poker a long time, wants to get better, always looking for the next, you know, to improve or someone, whatever, that's like looking to spend some time studying, what would be your recommendation? So your course, and what would you, what would you make up your pie with? What would you couple that with? So Odin as well, what, what are, what are sort of like some, like, how would, what would be your perfect mix of studying? Like if you were trying to get better?
1: Yeah. So basically Odin's really good for me right now because I've, I've done a lot of work already on peer Solver where I kind of understand why the solver's doing what it's doing, let's say. Um, but like, let's say my dad tomorrow went to Odin and started using Odin and it says, okay, raise ace jack here or raise Nine Ten to there. The flaw is that my dad is going to see it but not understand why. And when you're playing in game and you have 12 tables or four tables or even one table, understanding or wanting to make a decision and not knowing the why, and you're never going to be able to remember, oh, on this board, this happens, on this board, that happens whatever it may be. So I would recommend to probably get coaching from someone who's very experienced using software and solvers, and you can ask them questions, basically why is Odin doing this or why is peer solver doing that? Um, so yeah, that's what I would, that's what I would recommend basically to use Odin, but to get someone to talk it through with you on the side, if you don't
0: understand why it's doing what it's doing. Very cool. Let's transition a bit here. I want to talk about your new, I guess, found hobby love. And this is a clip from the World Cup of Soccer, which hopefully will be hopefully get to Vegas this, this. WSOP, which would be October, uh, November. Um, I think this is set for early November for this tournament to go on again. We'll show a little bit of your skills and, and what your, uh, you got to offer. But you got a new project, new independent Newcastle or Newcastle Independent. Um, that's I want to spend a lot of time in this because to me it's fascinating. It's also a love I have. Um, and you're basically playing, I guess, manager. And, and there's been a lot of interesting stuff in the sort of Premier League. I think, what's it, what's it Brentford or this team, this guy put in like 300 grand and just – or no, seven hundred thousand. I think he invested, and in now he just hit the three hundred million dollar playing yeah. games to the Premiership. you know what I'm talking about? What's the guy? He's, he's,
1: he's a poker player too, Matthew Benham. He's a poker player okay Um, because i think
0: yeah from tony bloom or some school where he like learned or was partners and separated and had disagreements that is that this guy this guy i forget his name but yeah he's got a background in sports gambling and in poker as well so is this kind of the road you're going is this sort of what you vision something like this spinning it up into like the premier league or where's the what's the what's the goal here for
1: sure for sure yeah so we're currently um we started the team one year ago um We were in, I guess, 10 leagues below the Premiership, I guess. Uh, Last year, we won the league. We got promoted, so we're now nine leagues below the Premiership. Uh, We won all the cups, everything available to we won, essentially. And now we're going to hopefully do the same again this year. We have a very similar kind of model to, uh, to the Brentford model, but we're just like you know nine ten years behind let's say it's all very data driven we do lots behind the scenes we do a lot we're trying to build like artificial intelligence to help us track things to help us track other players to come into the team we have like a scouting process which is very i think sophisticated we have a lot of content which we video we do a lot of analysis on our own on ourself we have a lot of um, which we, we want to invest in kind of analyzing every game to the very small detail and build our own artificial intelligence which can help support that um, but obviously in these kind of things you can't just go from division nine to division one in one year unfortunately uh, so we're planning on you know doing it year by year um, also i know that i'm not an expert on it so i'm trying to learn so my plan is basically now i've just actually applied to do a master's in basically um, running a football club there's a There's a university in England, I think it's called UCFB, uh, which is based outside of Manchester City's training ground, like the Etihad. And uh, they have people who basically want to be like executives in big football clubs or run a football club or be a football agent or a football lawyer. And for me, it's quite nice because... I can basically do it all and learn about that side, get contacts through that side. Hopefully if I'm in like a class with 12 people and they all go to big clubs, that can be like good networking kind of tool. I can learn some stuff instead of making mistakes, save money that way. I don't play, I don't manage. By the way, I know you said that. Uh, I don't do any of that. I'm just kind of behind the scenes. Uh, I probably could play, but I don't want to. Uh, I'd rather not. I think it's a weird dynamic if you play and uh, you run the club or on the club, it's like, you know, it's, there's people, and do just a weird dynamic, weird power shift kind of thing. So I would rather not do that. Um, what, what, yeah. is the
0: age, what is the age group? Uh, give me, walk me through the economics of stuff like this. Are these guys, how, what's the age range on this team? And are like, I guess it's so fascinating, right? Cause the MLS, in the U S which is what I'm more familiar with and sort of American soccer, you know, just so different also at the NBA NFL, there's not like teams that come up or get relegated and it's fascinating. It's beautiful how it all works in the systems. And I think they say it's the most expensive game in the world, right. To go from the premier or the championship to the premiership, like that playing game, it's worth like two or $300 million to get up. Yeah. And it's crazy teams are bouncing in and out the economics of it. But you know, here, when you said you're division eight or nine or 10, you're coming up, like, how does it actually work? Are these guys, what are, can you give me a little idea of what these guys make? Like, are they, do they have other jobs? Are they in school? Like, are they, you know, what, what is the best player here? What, what can they make? And is their goal? Like, to, to I mean, are some of these guys, could they ever play in the premiership? Is that a possibility or is it not really? <laughs> um,
1: like so it depends really the way that, it's a weird one. So these these players don't get paid, but all the players could get paid, if that makes sense. So they, in, in England, it's weird. Like, you can get paid for, like, very low standards. So, like, the ninth tier, or, like, let's say the sixth tier in America, the seventh tier in America, no offense to Americans, but, like, the standard would be really low. But in England, basically, once you get to, like, the... Once you get to, like, the, even, like, the league above us, let's say, like, you're almost, like... Like not the league above us, but the one above that. You're basically like a semi-pro. Like like you basically have a job and you do this, and it's like half and half. And then once you go like a league above that, you're basically like full time. Um, it's not like super. It's not like a, a huge amount of money, but you know, like a good salary for like compared to maybe what they would be doing or whatever. Um, we have players who are like playing at that standard. We have a guy who played like uh in the second division in America. What's it called? Not the MLS. The second division. It's a NPSL.
0: Oh, I don't know. There's some. There's
1: some league. USL. Maybe it was the MLS. MLS version two. Whatever it was. He played for Sacramento. So like, was okay. there playing professionally. So we have players who have played professionally. We have our centre backs from Romania. He actually played for AC Milan with Ronaldinho and Kaká and all these players. And then he played. For, then when he got released from them, he started to play for like uh, teams around Europe and stuff like that. But we have players who basically have maybe fell out of love of football at like a higher level and now they are kind of buying into the project to build back up and we kind of try to build their love back for the game as well because they're surrounded by people in like a similar position who are also talented, etc. Like I said, we won basically every game last year. We got promoted. We won all the cups. We won everything there was to win. So we have like a very successful team who could all be playing a lot higher. It's almost unfair on a lot of the teams we play because um because essentially, like we winning a lot of games, like six nil, seven nil, eight nil. So it's like it's almost unfair on a lot of the teams in the same league because they don't really have a chance. Because there's players who should be a lot higher. Um, but so yeah, what, why should-
0: is that though? What they're buying into the the vision, like the future. Like why are they coming? Yeah, they buy it? into
1: the fu- they buy into the future. Um, they like to be around each other because they're all. They're all, you know, good footballers. The management team we have is really good. Like we're all young, you know. Like I'm 32. The managers are 32 and 26. Like usually non-league teams, they're like 60-year-old managers, 70-year-old owners. A lot of people like who play in a team, like 30, 32, 34. Like all the people. All of these guys like young, twenty, nineteen, twenty two, like very hip, very young. It's like a fun environment, fun place to be around, you know? And our last game we had the last game we had we had the attendance was only allowed to be six hundred because of COVID, like it was a max capacity 600 we had 600 people there and people in the car park like standing watching on chairs over like the roof of the stadium like a lot of people like to be around very interested in the project and what we try to build is almost like a culture so like our culture is not so the game starts at 2 p.m the culture is not like 2 p.m till 3 p.m our culture is like 2pm to like 11pm afterwards we all go back to somewhere there's like a party atmosphere after that last game where there was 600 people we had like 150 of the people that came with us to our like bar afterwards and was like just with the team and like the team likes that too you know it's like it's uh like it's quite fun uh it's quite fun it's uh <laughs> it's a fun project uh it's almost like a computer game to some degree, you know, like you're doing it as if it's a computer game, but we're very serious about it too. You know, like I spend hours and hours every day on projects and I, I'm obviously like, you know, very busy. I wouldn't do that. If I didn't think it could be a long-term thing. I'm going to do a master's degree in how to run a football club, you know, like I'm, I'm really taking it very serious, you know, as, as serious as I, as I can take it kind of thing. Yeah.
0: You were actually the one that brought me on to Hashtag United and, and showed me yeah. that I'd never heard of it. And it's really interesting and it's a similar kind of feel, right? Where they got like production and development and it's actually wild economics. How has how that club been sort of been growing the last year since we really spoke on this particularly? Is that is that just continuing to grow? Didn't they have a good run in
1: the FA Cup, which is really famous? They had like a really good run. They were on TV. So usually when you get to the first round or whatever, the TV can choose any team they want to be the future game. So usually they choose Man United or Liverpool or Man City or Newcastle or whoever it may be. And they chose hashtag United. So like hashtag United, they were the team who they chose, which is crazy, yeah. right? Because there's so much appeal and interest because of the internet, because it's this new team coming up, everyone talking about it, etc. cetera. Um, how they're doing on the field is really good. So they've had, we're basically one season in. We've been promoted. So we've gone up the ladder once out of one. They've had three seasons and they've been promoted twice. So they're, um, one season they didn't get promoted, I think, because of COVID or whatever. I'm not sure what happened. Um, but they keep getting promoted as well. But, you know, they have the infrastructure to be a Premier League team. It's just going to take the time, you know. and Really? Uh,
0: Do you think they could be a Premier League team? Hashtag United?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, why not, you know, like... Um, yeah why not They, they, they I'm not, if, if you go to um, if you type in hashtag united shirt what they have is really interesting you're going to really like this this is genius this is the kind of thing which they do which is going to separate them from like the competition so just do shirt I guess hashtag united shirt and then go to the store I guess um, no it's not these ones go down yeah go to official store and then you're going to see go down so yeah so just click on the home kit or the away kit either one so instead of having a sponsor with the sponsor's name, they have a sponsor with this, so you scan your phone on it and then the sponsor comes up on your phone, which is really interesting, right? So instead of having like party poker here, they have this uh, what, what's this called? you know it's like a barcode. Yeah, they have the barcode or whatever you scan the barcode and then Party poker comes up on your phone you know which is really interesting there's so many ways you can go down here you could have like certain age ranges could come up with certain different people certain part you could change your sponsor every game and you could be oh, well, who's the sponsor this week there's so much you can do with it you know it's so, like they're really bringing the internet wow i've never
0: seen this is there is this uh could a could a major club do this or does anyone else do this,
1: do they, i've never seen it either until hashtag did it like it's great to even think about doing this it's like we're speaking about it now because it's interesting you know like there's so many ways you can go around this, you know, like let's say Roma did it. Why not? You know, like why have something here? Because this you can scan on your phone watching TV, you know, you can still scan the sh- shirt or you can scan it here, whatever it may yep. be.
0: Is, is it kind of like what it kind of it's sort of like almost in a way of like instead of a major club partnering with, you know, or like a, or an ambassador yourself, you're sponsored by a party and sponsored by a party. It's almost like saying, look, we're just independent. Or we're like, we, we're open for business for any deal and offer at any time, kind of. You're not like really getting exclusive. So it could, you know, like imagine PSG, right? They were to do this or go like, you know, who knows what kind of offers they could get or different different kind of mixed up. Is that is that essentially how it works or is that not? So, so you, can,
1: you can do one who's just like, the way they did it, they got a lot of buzz about who their sponsor was because only... The only thing you saw on the shirt was this barcode and nothing else. Everyone's like, oh, who's the sponsor? Who's the sponsor? Who's the sponsor? But like, let's say, let's say you see a sponsor and it's something like, let's say it's even party poker, right? Like anything that's because it's close to heart. Like, you're not going to be like, oh, wow, interesting. You're like, okay, cool, whatever. But because you're not being told, you want to know more. Like the way the human mind works sometimes where if you're told something straight away, you, you lose the interest very quickly. But if you're being fed this information, you don't know the answer. You kind of want to know the answer. So I think it's I think it's genius how they did it. And this is just the start. You know, like there's so many things you can do with this kind of stuff in the future.
0: Um, you know, loads of interesting stuff you can do here. I got corrected live here So It's it's called a QR code, not a QR code. code. That's sure. The way. QR, QR code, yeah. QR that's people yeah. are like that. Yeah, it's, and what division are they right now?
1: So so they are they are basically like two divisions above us because they've been promoted twice, we've been promoted once. Um, so they're they're basically like two divisions above us, um, because of the way the the way the journey is. So um so yeah, they're in a different part of the country. So they're playing like we can never play them until like you get to the next level where all the country comes together. Right now, you basically play in your region um,
0: because players are part time; they can't travel to London every week or whatever, right? So, what, what are, uh, where, how would you rate... if your team matched up with them based on the videos you've seen and understanding their skill level? Where do you think what, would you guys be pretty close then? Because your your team's so far ahead of the division it's in technically. Like, would you guys? Um,
1: would you? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I, I would. I mean, we've never lost a game, you know, it's so, like, it's very tough to, it's very tough to doubt yourself. Um, but when you get to higher leagues, you start, you just naturally start losing. Hashtag I've seen, hashtag are interesting, yeah, like, it's, it's very tough to say. I feel like we have players who are like better than any of their players, but probably as a squad, they are like a bit fitter, take it more seriously. Like, um,
0: they're in a higher league, so they have to take it more seriously kind of thing. Um, and so to be clear, you cut, you did answer, you said, so guys aren't actually getting money, but there's other ways or trips or things that can be done. Like, is that, uh, what would be, when you sit down with a new player that's coming, let's take this guy that was a former pro, I think you said AC Milan, or played somewhere, yeah. uh, like what is, I mean, so maybe he's made some real money, right? And he's he's like sort yeah. of for fun or whatever, or, you know, yeah. are most of these guys financially set? And what is the age range? I'm sorry, I don't think you said, is it just standard? Uh, like, the, the age the, range is basically like 18 to
1: 22, very a very oh, young, wow. a very young age range, and definitely not like um, the thing is like a lot of players. They may have been at a professional club, or they may have been at like a high club and get paid like decent amounts of money, or be on set to make decent amount of money. So, like, if you offer someone, let's say like fifty pounds a game, or like a hundred pounds a game, it can almost be like not insulting but almost worse than getting zero. If that makes sense, because yeah, yeah, because like imagine like yeah, like imagine you get sponsored by somebody and you get paid a million dollars and then someone else offers you a sponsorship for like 10k 10k is still great money but it's almost feels like it almost feels like oh well that's such a big drop down you'd almost rather work for free and get given like merchandise or something for free or get given like a trip or get given something do you know what i mean so kind of similar 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 in that regard i think
0: yeah interesting it's fascinating and what is sorry let me ask you today I, i asked you right here live on the show look you can do your project with independent your new you know, Newcastle squad or poker and playing. Like what do you what do you pick? What's what's your more passionate about currently for the future? If you go only do one, say today, you had to answer on the spot.
1: It's a tough one. I would probably say I'd probably say football because I've achieved a lot in poker uh and i've achieved nothing in in football you know so there's a lot i can achieve there's a lot of goals you know when you do poker you're like okay i want to get my first ever 10k score i want to get my first ever 100k score i want to get my first ever seven figure score i want to win a scoop i want to win a w i want to win a wpt i want to win a bracelet whatever it may be like i don't mean this in like an egotistical way but i've run out out of a lot of a lot of the goals i set for myself in poker i've already hit kind of thing whereas a lot of my goals i've set in football, I've achieved basically just one, you know, like promotion, one promotion kind of thing. So I think I would choose football. I think I would think I would think I would have to, yeah.
0: And live and online, do you have any new, uh, with COVID, I mean, WSOP coming up? I think, you know, party's got the event, right? The 16th of September to the 23rd, the 27th in Cyprus. Will you be going to that or the WSOP or anything planned for live poker? It's a little tricky with COVID and the rules and, and whatnot right now.
1: So I've always wanted to go to Cyprus to this merit place to play a series. Like that, I've, that's been what, a place I've always really naturally wanted to go to. Like party poker know that I don't go places which I don't want to go to. Like that was very clear when I first set the thing. Like, let's say I just don't want to go to Sochi. I'm just not going to be the guy who goes to Sochi, even though Sochi is a place I would like to go to. But I just mean, if I didn't want to go to Sochi, I just wouldn't go. But with Cyprus, I'm actually really excited to go. If it's possible to go, you know, good Good hotel, good weather, you know, good games, like you can play online, like close to that kind of thing. So to me, it's like the perfect spot. I was always telling Rob and the guys, let's get a stop in uh, Cyprus because I've really always wanted to go there. So very naturally, like honestly, really want to go to the Cyprus event if it happens. Um, And I think hopefully it will. Uh, waiting for more information but it seems like it looks good to go kind of thing uh world series obviously that's always going to be something very prestigious and something i would always try to go to if possible um in terms of poker goals like um i think i've got like 16.5 million in caches i'd really like to get to like 25 million i feel like 25 million is like a nice like round kind of good mark, kind of shows a lot of longevity i think success in me in poker is not winning one bracelet or winning 100k score like to me success in poker is like longevity being around for a long time staying in the game staying profitable like longevity to me like it will be in football winning one season last year means nothing to me if we're, if the team is still here in 20 years and we have some longevity that's going to be success to me that's how i will determine success not necessarily which league we get to but longevity uh, so like longevity to me is everything so my goal in poker isn't necessarily to win a bracelet. It's more
0: about longevity, really. Um, so yeah, makes makes a ton of sense. And and, and just to uh, kind of touch back on the club uh, run. And if I want to start a club here in the UK, is that where you have to start, or is or I guess the other option is what you buy something that's that's further along. Are those yeah. the ways you can do it? Start from something or buy? And did you consider buying something, or was it always just let's start? And so the
1: start team, the team which. Uh, we took over Newcastle Independent was my original team that we kind of played when I was 16 years old, which was in like four or five leagues, basically, essentially like five leagues below where we are right now. So like they'd been doing this whilst I was away, doing really well, getting promoted, had a great team, had a good image within the city. And then we just came in and rebranded a little bit. It's a little bit because we were called Jesmond FC, and it's a little bit like uh, imagine like Summerlin in Vegas, you know, like the area of Summerlin if you have like FC Summerlin people in Henderson won't want to walk around with like a Summerlin shirt because it's like a little bit of a rivalry within a city, even though a city is like kind of lulled together, there's rivalries in like neighborhoods within a city, you know? So we rebranded to Newcastle independent because we want people to wear our merchandise all around the city. And if we're called Jesmond or Summerlin, then people will not like to wear that merchandise elsewhere kind of thing, you know? And an independent is because we do it all ourselves. We're not, you know like we don't have sponsors we don't do anything it's all it's all my money essentially right now and everything we do on and off the field is all myself and uh Simon the other co-owner who I do it with we're independently doing ourselves. and I'm going to go and you know do a master's in football and understand everything rather than hire somebody to do it and, and get them to do it it's all it's all going to be very independent always you know that's like a big part of the whole thing
0: so I mean and and it's going to be ambitious and have dreams but do you believe like is that like is that is that the plan then to get to the premiership to win the premiership well I mean
1: it's all about in poker when I first started playing poker my, my goal was to be you know number one poker player in the world but I had like Attainable goals, which I knew I had to hit first to get there. You know, so like the goal always is to win the league, which we're in, to get to the next step of the ladder. Because if I don't, if we don't win the league, then if we don't win the ninth league, you're not in the first league, right? So the goal we always have short-term goals. Um, but if our goal every year, our goal every year will be to win the league and to get promoted. So at one point, if you keep winning the league, you're in the Premiership, right? So maybe in five years time or six years time we get to a league where there's more ambitious richer people who are paying people more money or they're more sophisticated off the field and then maybe you have to like change your goals or whatever but right now we're going to try to set up every season player staff facilities off the field wherever it may be to get to the point where we are the best the, the favorites in the league to get promoted like if you asked any team last year who the favorites to win the league were we would have been the favorites if you ask anyone this year we'll be the favorites but we'll get to a point where we won't be the favorites anymore you know so
0: then it'll be different discussions kind of thing i guess and, and let me. What did so? Can you give me give me a little bit of an idea of what the motivations would be for some of the players then? Like now that are like coming on, that you said could be higher because like at some point you will move up the ladder, and the guys that are you guys are you know just there's an inflection point where the guys that are on the team now that are too good for this league they're going to be not good enough at a certain point or yeah. whatnot. So we're, how does that work? Are there is there equity? Is there and so like how are they tied in the people that are on this journey from the start, but at some point their time will come whether or not going to be a part of the journey anymore how how will that work then Um, so we look after our players
1: a lot so like it's um it's very normal in like uk kind of football to kind of uh like non-league football to players get their own sponsors almost so like every player is like in most leagues every player is like sponsored by somebody so like let's say let's say a t a a player scores a goal for a team in like a league four leagues higher than ours on twitter it will be like Patrick Leonard scored a goal and he's sponsored by XYZ, you know, party pocket whatever it may be. We kind of don't, we, we basically do everything for the players, you know? So we do, they don't have to, they don't have to do the things they don't want to do. We look after them like off the field. We, you know, like we, we, we buy like we make them just feel like it's a nice place to be around and like, it's not really work. It's, it's fun. You know, it's like a, it's like a hobby it's fun what they do and they enjoy it we try to make an environment and a culture where they enjoy it you know like like i said we try to make the off the field just as important as the on the field so when the game finishes for most teams they'll go home to their families our team go out together as friends you know so like they want to kind of be in and around with their friends like that's that's kind of what we do i guess whereas the teams who just have teams who play for them for the money. They just have 11 players who are not really friends. They get their money, they go home, you know, and then eventually they just get bored of that, you know, like the money's not that big or whatever. For our team, it's like, it's their culture. They look forward to Saturday afternoons being with their friends, winning with their friends, like smiling, having fun, you know, like just kind of, that's what we try to create at least, or the goal is to create
0: for sure and sorry i'm jumping around a bit but you said you you did become the number one poker player ranked in the world on pocket fives you actually made a prop bet with a group of players that that you would be the top ranked player can you talk a little bit about what motivation that provided for you and how much you think that played a part in you actually getting that and also what that prop bet looked like in terms of monetary what did you have to lay or or bet or how did that sort of shape up
1: So BitBee, the name of BitBee comes from a blog I made. I made a blog called Best in the Business. um, And I was playing, I think, $2 heads up, sit and goes at the time. And I was like, right now I'm playing the low stakes, but one day I'll be the number one ranked poker player in the world. Like that was all. I always like kind of said that as an intention and like said it out loud a lot. And the name of the blog was Best in the Business, but it was quite, I was being like, ironic towards myself because i knew that i had like a 50 dollar bankroll i didn't mean i was the best in the world but i just meant every day i'm gonna every day i'm gonna study every day i'm gonna work and one day i'll be ranked number one so um i would blog every day like what i was studying like if i was playing like 10 and l or 25 and l i would post like hands i played and then for years and years and years i did this i think from 18 years old to like 23 i guess and then i got to being you know number 100 in the world on pocket fives and i was like oh there's like a realistic chance i could actually do this you know like now which is quite crazy because i was playing two dollars or whatever and then someone was like oh there's no chance you'll do it and i was like oh well let's just bet against it because i'd gotten that far you know being like let's say number five million in the world to be number 100 i I could kind of see in front of myself so i didn't need to bet a lot of money for the motivation the motivation was The five or six years, everyone always telling me you'll never be good or you'll never get there or you're capped at this or you're capped at that. That was kind of the motivation rather than the money. I think we bet like less than $10,000, I think. Like it was, it wasn't a big bet or anything like this. It was quite small. It was more about my ego. Like I was young, you know, telling, I, I thought I was very good. I actually wasn't very good. I was, I thought I was very good and I didn't like that people doubted me or whatever, you know? So I just wanted to show them. And also, you know, like show your parents, show girls, show everything, like everyone who doubts you, like, you know, if you had a girlfriend and she's she thinks, like, oh, why are you not going out on Saturday night with me? And I'm oh, well, I'm, wait- I'm preparing for Sunday, you know, and for them not to believe in the process or to like roll their eyes or think you're a DJ or whatever it may be, to be able to kind of show them, okay, I actually was doing the right thing all along, you know, to tell your parents that you left a, a good job to do poker and they doubted you, like to kind of prove to people, I think, that was always the motivation for me. It was never it was never really the money ever really. Um, and I guess that's my ego. Like, Oh, it was my ego. Cause now I don't really care. But at the time it was like hundred percent my motivation,
0: I think. And in this course we did flash, let me just put it back uh over here so here this course of pads on pads Can you explain? also what what is your 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 screen name mean where what does that uh what's your screen name represent uh pads
1: so I, i'm uh i used to be called like my nickname was like paddy uh, that was like my name at school and then like pads just comes from there um and then pads on pads is perfecting analysis decisions and strategy so it's like um oh you can see all this stuff here exactly um so, so, so you, if you just scroll if you just keep scrolling you just this is just all for post flops you can see there's just so much content there it goes it, go, it literally goes on not forever but there's 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 literally you know 200 videos so um I like to be able to show people what's available because I think every course I've ever bought you don't see all the videos which are actually available you just hear like there's this there's that or the other um like this video here the last one analyzing the Granu face in and whatever. It's like, I'm analyzing Negreanu playing the 5k, six max. Like did Negreanu make a good play analyzing what he did, all that kind of stuff. So I like people to be able to see what's there because maybe it's not what they want. And if it's not what they want, I'd rather they didn't pay the money, you know? So like it's, I'm not hiding behind a paywall or anything. Let's say it's all.
0: Let me just, actually, it's super interesting and just kind of a thought I'm having here because, again, I use Razor Edge primarily. They have a paired thing, which I guess is sort of like Odin, maybe. I haven't used Odin or some kind of sort of similar type way of r- ranges and whatnot. But I guess my question to you would be for someone who comes in and maybe like I use Razor Edge, right? But I would imagine every course there's stuff that you could pull out. Like it can't hurt, right? If you did every course, like – you might get a little confused. There's probably a lot of similar things, but you just learn new stuff or hit a different perspective or verify something that you cover, or learn, or, re- or get it again. Like, how? Let's just take that. Let's use raise your edge, your upswing, or this. These these ones. How how similar are they? Are there courses that do stuff you think wrong? You don't have to single out who or what. Um, what would you say would be the biggest like differentiating factor? If someone right now watching sees this and they're like, you know what? I'm looking for a course. I want to spend around a grand on one of these programs. Why would yours be better? And what do some other courses maybe? Um, do you think they don't do right? And again, you don't have to specify what, but like, give me give me a little bit of breakdown and why people should maybe choose yours and why you do it better or differently.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think first, I think first of all, um, I've been I've been coaching and teaching in bitby like every day for like six or seven years, so I'm quite used to knowing like what people want to see and don't want to see, and kind of the ways people want to be taught and don't want to be taught because uh, of so many so much like one on one kind of feedback. Um, mm-hmm. Secondly, of all, I think just. I add so much new stuff. So if you go to like off the tables, um, uh, just go down, 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 uh, down a bit more. Yeah. This here it's like, if you go off the table and then just down, you'll see like, this is like int- like Odin just come out a month ago or like a, a couple of weeks ago. We just go to the bottom of it, this page. Um, so like Odin just come out two weeks ago. I like make sure straight away that everyone in the course has information to new things. So Odin comes out. I show people how to use it. Simple Preflop comes out. I show people how to use it, all that kind of stuff. Um, so if things change in like two months or three months or new things come out or new information comes out, I won't make like another course about it. I will basically just like add it to this course as I keep doing. This was literally like a week ago. Um, So there will be new software come out in poker. I love poker software. I will always make sure that people see good stuff. Um, I play live. I play very often. Um, I record all my deep runs. Uh, I won two scoops this year. Um, I record all the old runs. I, I analyze them, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's very up to date. Um, I don't necessarily think I'm better than other people or I'm better coached than other people or whatever. I think the quantity and the keeping it up to date should hopefully be unique. But again, I would always say um, to me, people should get coached from people they like to listen to. And I think always watch people's YouTube videos, watch people's interviews. If you start getting annoyed about how someone talks or about you don't enjoy their voice. Literally, to me, that's a huge thing. um I think the reason why Phil Galfond is the best poker coach in the world isn't necessarily because of his content. It's because people really love listening to his voice. Like people literally use Galfond's voice to fall asleep at night, too. Like he has such a good voice to listen to poker to. So like, I think yeah. that makes him a good coach in, in himself, you know? So. Um, yeah, he is.
0: He's just one of those guys. It's just, yeah, it's hard not to root for, and, and everyone just kind of, kind of loves them, and that's great. How was it decision for you to to work with them versus other courses? How did you, how did that come together? The partnership with Run to want and fill?
1: It's tough because I'm such good friends with Ben CB, obviously. So the natural thing was to do to do it with Razor Edge, and we, I was going to do it with Razor Edge initially. The promise of Razor Edge is that they have like other stuff on, you know. They have like their own. Ben Ben has like a, a apprentice class, I think, a master class, yeah. a, a PSKO course, paired, etc. Um, for at once, they had no courses at all, really. Like I could do like a like let's say I did like a, a ten videos on PSKOs but then Ben also has a PSQ course. To me, it felt like a bit of a conflict of interest or whatever. It's so like, ideally, like, like Phil once noticed, like ideally I would have done it with Ben. If Ben had done no courses ever before, ideally we would have just done it together and like made it really good. Um, but it just, it just, it was just like the wrong, the, the right place at the wrong time, I would say. Um right because it would just mean like i also wanted everything to be a thousand dollars for everything like that was very important for me but then if ben has like a PSGO course for a thousand dollars and i'm trying to like put just as like a lot of content into another course and charge like less money it's like it also put them into an awkward situation too i think and it also needs to make sense for them too financially you know like if they why would they want to push my course if they have their other courses anyway do you know what i mean so like yeah. I would have loved to work with Ben. I like Ben, very close friend with him. I think he's the only player in the world who I swap action with right now, just like the way it is. Like, it's not because I wouldn't swap with others or anything, but like, we're still very close and we, no hard feelings either way, I don't think.
0: Right. Um, makes yeah. makes a lot of sense. Now, let me ask you, cause this is fascinating about breakdowns and different courses and, and whatnot. Like, let's just take myself, let's say you could analyze my game and you, you, you know, a bit of how I play. We played a bit. You kind of have probably a general idea on my style and, and whatnot. Like, How, how, if you were to, if, because it's a little overwhelming in a way, it's like, wow, there's so much information, you know, in this course, other courses, there's so much breakdown. It's great. But realistically, you know, I have a two-year-old son. I stream, I do other stuff. I I just can't go through and watch every video. Like, is there, would there be a system or like based on just even a a basic understanding of a player, would you be able to recommend like out of the, you know, here's the 10, I would watch these one through 20, like just. Let's just take me for example since sure.
1: so, so the reason why the reason why I think it's good that there's so many is if you just like if you just uh, if you go like back up to the top or whatever it may be or just like, stop anywhere. Um, so yeah, if you see like A side boards here, like how to play A side boards of twenty big blinds, like let's say you play uh, you stream, you play like on Sunday. And you get into a spot and you have 20 big blinds and, ace, and and it's an A-side board. You just don't know what to do. There's like a 50-minute video of what to do, which is like, there's so much information. It is overwhelming. But basically any kind of spot that you fall into that you don't really know what to do, there's going to be a video where I'm basically explaining it fully in depth with everything run, everything simmed, everything shown, presented nicely. So you get like a full breakdown on that stuff. Because the way that I felt I was struggling in poker was I would play a spot And then I would try to go to a training site or I'd try to go to a course and find out how to play A-side boards with 20 big blinds. And because the course was so vague and there wasn't wasn't enough information, what would happen is there would be like a 30-second bit or one-minute bit about that spot. And I wouldn't really improve or learn. And I would have to just do it myself anyway. So right now, basically, if you play on a Sunday and you have a spot you have difficulty with, I basically... There's like, you know, 10 minute, 20 minute, 50 minute video of me basically explaining that exact spot. That's why I think it's good that there's so much. Um, it's all in order basically of how I would suggest to kind of study. So it starts with 20 big blinds playing in position. You can see these videos are all the same. Then it goes playing button versus big blind. Then it's different board textures, et cetera. But a lot of people maybe are interested in more playing like ICM final tables. Then there's a section for final tables and ICM. Maybe you just go up a little bit. Um, and then there's, the heads up course. Some people don't know how to play heads up. If you just go up to the like menu, yeah, there's like a heads up thing here where we explain the strategy. We analyze Isaac Haxton playing against Michael Adamo. Um, tell me a little about,
0: about Kevin Rabichow, Some name I hear a lot. I know him uh, very vaguely, but I hear his name a lot as one of the the greats. And just can you tell me just a little bit about him, his background? Because uh, I know he's regarded as one of the best in the world and what he specializes in. So he's the best
1: heads-up coach
0: in the world. He's one of the best heads-up players. Um,
1: it's so like you have Linus Love, who's the best, right? Then you have like Make Boyfin, who's the second best. And like I think Kevin definitely falls into like the top, you know, 20, top 10 players for heads up. But he's the he's recognized and known as like for sure the best heads up coach in poker. That's why it was important that he came in because I'm not a heads-up player, right? So like I could have just done the heads-up section myself and like went on PSL and read out The Sims out loud and just pretended that I was an expert. But I know that I'm not a heads-up expert. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get the literally best player in the world or the best coach in the world, the best possible guy for this job to come and do it. And I'll sit beside him and ask him the questions which other people will ask. Because as a guy who's not heads-up expert, I'm going to ask the same questions that other people would ask him if that makes sense. Um, so that's
0: why I chose him for the, the heads up section. Very cool. Well listen, I I am going to use some of this. I want to make a tutorial on uh, this. I, I would love to I would love for you to tell me based on my game and just areas maybe you just think I might struggle. I would love to maybe do some of this. And and let's just say I were to watch this through the whole program. how, how many hours of content is this whole thing or what would be, you know, some of the uh, stuff but what's it's, tough because
1: I, it's tough because I keep adding to it but I, it's going to be basically like let's just say it will get to around about 250 videos in 100 hours I would say around that ballpark right now it's probably 190 videos in 80 and 92 hours something like that I would say I don't want to say exactly but it's around about around about that let's right. say let,
0: let, 90 hours let, let's take again let's take someone random at home who's maybe new to poker Skill level, very little. Is this course for a beginner or do you need to have some wherewithal about the game or is this kind of, could it teach you as well? Like if, you, if you're if you sort of smart, you know positions and bet sizes, you have a relative idea. How, how, could someone, would you recommend for this or who are you targeting to, to take no, I,
1: I would I would really recommend someone who plays like $10 tournaments not to buy it for sure. It's more advanced. It's for people who who will understand terminology people who i would say like I, I could say it's for everyone and make more money and like sell it to people I, I i don't like to be that guy really i think if you play 50 tournaments and higher i think it's very very good for you i think if you play lower i think you don't need to be wasting let's say this much time on this and it's better to just literally play poker and just learn yourself from like without trying to overstudy. I think there's too much overstudying going on for, like, micro-stakes and low-stakes players. I think you should really start focusing and studying once you get to, you know, like... Fifty dollar tournaments, I think. Or like let's say thirty, threes, and higher. Let's say something like that.
0: Okay. And now let's take myself. You know, rate me uh, one to hundred, or A you know, B minus, C, D, whatever. Do you want to put my game at? What if I were to watch this course and do all the things you you suggested? Do you, would you be able to look at me and tell me, all right, I don't think you need to work on this necessarily. Focus on this. Do this. If I did everything you recommended and watch the course, how much of an improvement do you think like I could have on my game by like going through this? It, this it, it's
1: it's so tough because I like it's very. I know nothing i've never like i don't know anything about your game but i would basically say that um someone who basically is uh, like like you like is winning a hundred dollar and higher tournaments like like or like you know even 15 higher like anybody like that i think if you watch the whole course i would genuinely believe that you'd be able to win in any tournament in the world whether it be a 25k tournament a 100k tournament a 1k tournament a 2k a 500 whatever it may be I think you could sit down and be profitable in any tournament in the world. Like and like I'm not just saying just you, I mean anyone who is a tournament player. I think if you watched it all and you consumed it in mid notes, et cetera, you'd be able to play, you know, against literally the best players in the world and, and and be profitable. I'm not saying you would crush Michael Adamo or Ike or anyone, but I think you'd be able to, you know, hold hold your own in any single tournament. And I think you'd be a very big winner, crusher in, you know, like
0: one K's, five thirties, et cetera. That's what that's then, what I genuinely believe. Is 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 it at some point though like with that being said, if, is it just that people won't do the work? Because, you know, you'd be surprised. I'm sure you get surprised all the time by people that have been in poker for a decade that are maybe winners or kept around, whether they're they're sponsored or whether they're, you know, have deals or who knows, right? Because there are a lot of people that are makeup and staked and this and that. But would you be, are you just surprised the amount of like lack of effort and, and, and desire that some people have to get better? Because in theory, with what you're saying, like anyone would pay a thousand who plays a hundred dollars and above tournaments, right? And like- do this. So is it just laziness? Is it lack of effort? Is it unawareness? Uh, what is like I, say, I
1: don't even, I, I don't even, I, I genuinely, I genuinely also think this is, I, I don't want to just say if, like for my content, I believe if anyone, if anyone wanted to make the course themselves, if that makes sense. So basically all the videos I have there, every single piece of information, if someone just did it themselves, so like not listening at all to any of my videos, but just did the videos themselves. So they made the 200 videos themselves I also believe that they would also be uh, at, the, at, a, at, a, at a similar level too, you know? The problem is to make 200 videos and to run all the sims I ran for the 200 videos, it takes probably 2,000 hours, you know? So it's not committing 200 hours, it's committing 2,000 hours. But I've done basically the 1,800 hours myself, like, off the tables, recording it, doing it all, whatever, like, running the sims and put it into a 200-hour course, you know? So, like... The, the, if you don't want to spend the money and do it yourself, it's fine. It's just going to take the longer hours. But if anyone if anyone studies every single part of poker and puts the effort in, I like, I don't see why they wouldn't be profitable in the you know at least into any like one k
0: two k tournament. I don't know. Just makes makes sense. And I see you're still got the bippy staking here, but you said you have segued away. Is that correct? You yeah, but I, I
1: just had to take it off. Like it was such a it was such a. Uh, it, it was such a uh, like i'm still best friends with all the guys you know like it was no negativity at all yeah. so like it's just there's no reason to i didn't even didn't even know you know like it's something which i, I wouldn't even have looked into kind of thing so uh, right so yeah okay.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we are going to give, uh, I do want to get a couple questions in. I know you're a busy man. We have covered a lot. The world poker tour is coming. There's big stuff coming on party poker, Ma- massive schedule that's getting underway. I know you said you're going to be playing that, that $30 uh, poker pro, the hunt, which we did cover as well. We're just going to mention that one more time. I think that is coming up uh we got a lot of tabs open here we saw you score an epic goal well, tell me real quick about your as well before we kind of go into the questions here uh we see a little touch here which is actually a ridiculous free kick if you really think about it. it's uh that's pretty pretty strong what was your you, you played at a level uh for for what level did you actually get to i think you, were you in the man united youth system or some youth system no no I,
1: I was i played South southampton for a little while like on trial like going to train with them all that kind of stuff but you get to like eight you get to like 16 or 17 you get to like 17 and then you either get like offered a pro contract or they just say like they, they choose basically like five six guys or whatever and they take them on and then i basically stopped playing i played in the conference which is basically the fourth league in 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 the uk which is quite high um but as like a squad player I never played like really really high or anything uh, actually, I train every day now with a professional player, like one on one and two on one. So, like I, I, I'm starting to take playing football more serious now than I've ever taken it before. Really, I train every day. Like uh, I was there just before I came here. Actually, I train one on one, like drills and fitness, and like learning shooting and learning. Um, passing and learning skills and all this kind of stuff. So I really enjoy that. It's like part of my daily routine now. I do like an hours one-on-one, like 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 a PT session, but like football, all about football, all about football skills, like uh, from a professional footballer. So that's like a big part of my daily routine now and something which I, I love doing. Uh, and then I play football in London when I'm there, like almost every day as well. I had this football challenge, which was a big thing, like – a month ago two months ago like this was a big part of my life i basically i was basically a professional footballer for for two months essentially like that was the whole goal um but it wasn't no no one was paying me in terms of a team it was a bet you know so um so yeah i think we bet in the end like a hundred thousand dollars on that and uh that was like a two-month thing so that was (laughs) that was a big massive part of my life for sure
0: and you you won right
1: one in the end yeah so i had to play 40 games in 60 days uh outside of injuries obviously and i had to win 23 and lose 17 and i won 25 or 26 in the end so it was quite close at one point it looked like i was definitely gonna lose but then like poker or anything else usually if you do something for like 30 days you start getting better and better and better you know like you start to learn more about this or learn more about that, understand like movements or know the people around you or whatever it may be. So, um, yeah, eventually got the win there. And then since then I've kept it up playing every day. So, uh, I really, I really enjoy playing, but I just don't want to play for the team because it just sets a weird, uh, a weird power thing. but
0: the game the bet you had was random pickup you weren't on this
1: yeah team this was random teams in london so like it wasn't uh i couldn't choose i could i couldn't bring the players from my team as ringers i had to play with random players so it was basically like you should win 20 games lose 20 games and i was betting that i can win 23 to lose 17 like that i have like the skill edge there let's say um,
0: Very cool. And and could could is there a, is there a set roster? You can't have, could like if I was in town, could I play with your team as a pickup? Yeah, you play can play. You
1: have to get so you can sign on, but you can't play for another team within 21 days. You can't just get like guys to come in for one game then leave. So uh, if you I
0: mean I mean on Newcastle Independent?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm saying yeah. You can you oh. can you can come and play for us. But you could have not played for any other team within twenty. It's like it's just like in normal football, like any any team. You can't have played for any other team within twenty one days, essentially. So, um, yeah, if, if someone's in town and they can play for us, but then they can't play for like someone else, you know. Um, afterwards, at least for like three weeks. Uh, same. As, same. That's basically the same as any league in uh, in. in and, and there's a rule in England where you can't. I think this is a worldwide a worldwide rule that you can't play for more than three teams in 12 months, like in all of football. So like if a guy plays for PSG and then goes to Real Madrid and then Barcelona in one season, he can't, he can't play for the third team. He can only play for two, I think within 12 months.
0: Interesting. Speaking of that, what do you think about this Messi to PSG? Massive deal. I mean, they got Mbappe, uh, uh, Neymar no, now Messi uh, you, I mean they, they have to be the favorites to win the Champions League right?
1: I'm not sure because the rest of, well the rest of the team is good they also have Ramos as well from Real Madrid yeah. De and Maria, they have Wijnaldum the yeah. from Liverpool like Champions League winner like world class player too so in theory they should but PSG have always had good players and always underachieved so they never really done great um, and there's a lot of good teams out there you know like Man City is a proper team like good spirit good team chemistry PSG of all I'm sorry there's any fans listening but they've always been very bad losers as as soon as it goes bad it goes really bad so like Neymar starts diving or their their defenders start like getting red cards they have very bad discipline issues because they're used to winning so much in their normal league like beating every team That as soon as it turns bad they're not really used to losing and they take losing very bad so the biggest obstacle they have is their discipline. If they can keep their discipline and keep their mental game strong, then they will win, but they've never been able to do this.
0: So, Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a lot of firepower on that team. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. I mean, Messi... Yeah, big name, big signing, big, big. Uh, going to be interesting to see what happens happens there. All right, let's take a few questions on Twitter. I, sure. I want to give everyone opportunity to win this ticket, and I saw a lot of great questions. I'm going to scan through. We'll choose a few, do the giveaway, and uh, I got to get get to studying the course. Pads. I need. Uh, I need to go through. I would love for you to recommend me a few topics in general. Just maybe population tendency stuff, right? That you think would be good. I know there's again the WPT coming up. There's some other major series. I would love to uh, get my for game, sure. find yeah. a few areas and leaks. I think blind on blind super interesting. I Think that's something that a lot of just.
1: We just added here. a. We just added blind on blind stuff two weeks ago. Like very up to date population tendency blind versus blind stuff. So that that sounds perfect for you, I think.
0: Okay. Yeah. Look at that. I I would love to follow through on this. Um, All right. Let's take a few of these. Let's – interesting. I I remember remember we had the first podcast, too. I think some of these questions are probably going to be double-ups, and we've covered uh, a few. So I'm just going to – let's see. It should only take a few, so I want to just – Main goal for 2021, I guess, moving forward. I know you're big on goal setting. What What is a goal that you have for the remainder of this year uh, or one that you've already made that's going on that you would like to do? You just mentioned one in football. You did this challenge and got it, but is there any kind of yeah. current goals?
1: Yeah, I said a few goals. Uh, one was the football bets. One was to get the team promoted. So that's like football stuff. Poker stuff, uh, the goal was to win scoop leaderboard to be do we complete a board and then tried to win a WPT? That that, that was like poker goals. Um, World Series, I didn't really want to set goals for because I didn't really know if World Series would be about. I didn't set any live poker goals at all. So it was all online-based. Um, yeah, it was all online-based. And the other goal was to get good at 8-game. Uh, so um, I've always only studied Hold'em my whole life. And now I'm trying to study 8-game. Um, so uh, Raz, stood uh limit hold them omaha high low plo and then cap hold them 40 big blind hold them so that's like kind of a goal as well that's like a longer goal to get good at eight game and then like in actual goals was to win the scoop leaderboard win the wc leaderboard and then win a wpt basically
0: and and that scoop leaderboard, how did that did you win that
1: uh so there was very big drama so uh there was a russian guy called zap zaphansky i think he's called and uh me and him were both first and second and then in the last day uh i went first by like 100 points and i'd, I'd officially won but i i'd known that pokestars fucked up on the last day and they give me his points and him my points or something along those lines so wow. i incorrectly won which was like forty thousand dollars and my goal was to win fair. Like, my goal, which I set out, was to win fair and square. It wasn't to win the money, it was to be the champion, you know? So I didn't want to win like that. And uh, I told Pokestars they got it wrong and uh, they gave him the trophy. And uh, I didn't mind so much. It was, uh, it, it, I did the right thing. And then yesterday he uploaded on Instagram a picture of the trophy and it looked so good. It was like a Player of the Series trophy. I was like, oh, wow. my God.
0: That's uh, fucking crazy.
1: Yeah, so that was huge drama, scandal, like, big news. And also, you know, we played every single day for, like, three or four weeks, I guess, Scoop was. And then, like, for this to happen on the last day, it was, like, so much going on. We were exhausted. Right. Um, it was just a it was just an error by Slip Stars. It didn't mean to give it to me or anything. It was just an error. Um, but I was checking the points exactly because I knew exactly what I needed to win. So when I got right. these 100 points or whatever, I was like, I don't deserve these points. So um, he beat me by, like... I Guess 10 points or whatever in the end. Wow, and, uh,
0: that's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. That's uh, well, you know, uh, the a lot of integrity. And I hope he at least got you, you know, a thank you message. So, or something.
1: so, Pokestars to their credit, because it was such a big thing that they actually give me the money as well for first place, they pay this both out for first place, which is a really good thing from Pokestars to do. And then I actually I actually, well, I said I was going to donate all the money to charity. I've donated 80% to charity so far. I still have another 5,000, which I'm donating. I'm basically donating to all poker people who are doing charity runs, marathons, whatever else, Try to give it to everyone so it's spread across rather than just, you know, giving 25K to one charity or whatever. So I still have 5K more to go. I'm going to hopefully do this by the end of, um, the, end of the year. So PokerStars, all that money I'm giving to charity is not from me. It's from stars essentially because I don't deserve... That money in, in my eyes, you know. So big shout out to both of doing that. Fair play.
0: Well, both of you, very nice. And, and nice, it wasn't party, right? That could have been a scandal. People thought that uh, they were. Yeah, that would've be no, crazy. Right? You know, never, never make assumptions. That's one of the four agreements. You never know, right? Things happen, mistakes happen, honesty, yeah. and, and that's good that it's all uh, moving. Forward. All right. Let's let's uh, let's take a question here. It's a little bit deeper. Whatever happened in your life that turned your whole life upside down in a good way and was even such an event in your life? I guess uh, the way it asks, is there anything, something, I always say it's not about what happens, how it reacts. Like for me, it was Black yeah. Friday, like where this thing looked like so bad and it turned out to be maybe a big blessing, but there's a lot of these. You know, these exactly, terrible.
1: Exactly the same. So I was in Spain playing 200 now. Um, and Spain got kicked out of PokerStars i was playing like 200 zoom or whatever and i had to leave spain and leave my job in spain which i loved to move to hungary budapest to continue playing poker on poker styles at the time and then i left my job and played poker full time and then it all went well after that so um what seemed like a disaster poker going down in spain which i was so stressed about turned out to be a really good thing in the end
0: very cool uh yeah I think that's a that's a great example of something like that that does happen people always uh like to think that you know it, it's, it's really not about what happens it's how you react let's uh let's take a few more I do want to load this up give a 109 phase ticket as we said the phase is four dollar you can get into the 22 into the 109 but the 109 you have to play if you want to get into the 530 and then on Sundays for the next several weeks throughout the series if you play the five if you get into that 530 they're giving 20 guaranteed seats each Sunday, a lot of value. There's been overlay actually. And when I played, there was, um, and it is a, uh, you know, 20 guaranteed five K seats to that five mil guaranteed WPT. So um, we want to make sure we get a chance to give that away here at the end. And I'm going to take maybe two more. Uh, let's see. Someone asked me well, who taught you. I mean, you're self-taught, right? Is that true for poker? Did you kind of just start your own or was there anyone who specifically got you into poker?
1: get me into poker was my friends like my friends were just telling me to play like it was uh it was friends just like it, I, it wasn't like an advert or anything it was just my friends did it you know when you like when you're young you do what your friends do my friends play poker so i played poker um mm-hmm. if they if they played call of duty i would have played call of duty like i was just following what they did essentially
0: yeah, it makes makes perfect sense. And you said, did you accidentally stumble? You were a cash game guy. Have a note here that I think you you sort of like won a tournament, a warm up or something on PokerStars, yeah. and that really got you in. How, how, tell me about how that sort of uh accident happened, or what what got you in there into the tournament streets.
1: Yes, yeah, so I was I was going with Supernova Elite. It was like February, March, and then um I basically played a tournament on a Sunday. I actually played a tournament. Schedule on Sunday for the first time, I think, for a while at least. And I think I won a few tournaments, like the warm up and two other tournaments, like Big 55 and something else. It was like a very, very lucky day. And I was like 120K. And uh, then the next Sunday was the anniversary Sunday million, the big one, which was like 10 million. And I won another 100K or something then and just got addicted, got addicted that way. I just ran very good, like had a very big sun run. If I didn't run good, I probably would still be playing cash, I think.
0: Crazy, right? It's crazy. There's another. There's another example of, I guess, not really the same about something negative, but just sort of uh, some luck or some kind of uh, reason that that happened and changed a lot of your trajectory. Um, all right, let's take one more, and then we're going to do this. Uh, don't really want to get into COVID vaccines and all this, but how how is, uh well, just one more on top of this, but just curious on the kind of outlook and in general. What's your prediction? Do you think the World Series will happen? I think I saw you engage in a bet with. Um, yeah. With, uh, Ryan Laplante, uh, yeah. Well, it's, what the, I saw a little bit of back and forth. You like the side now, you don't. There was some rule. be said that they could just like eliminate you at any point or something weird. So, uh, yeah. what, what are your thoughts on this, and then what will happen coming up?
1: So, Ryan Laplante wanted ten to one that the World Series wouldn't happen. So, I thought it would happen like ninety five percent of the time. So, I thought it was a good bet. So, I took the bet. Um, I now don't think it'll happen ninety five percent of the time. I still think it's a favorite to happen. Um, but WPT cancelled some events in America last year, I think, and I think that a lot of people within poker are speaking out against World Series rules, such as the COVID rule, where you can just eliminate anyone at any time. That's going to put a lot of people off. I think a lot of people won't travel because of that rule. So I think it all depends on the World Series about how how they handle things. Really, it's in their, it's obviously in their hands. But even if yeah, I think they just need to. To, to clarify a few of the rules to be honest
0: all right i so i'm just saying a couple of quick ones and we'll take one more real question Messi or ronaldo ronaldo interesting i wouldn't have thought you said that i i mean i think it is super super tight but what makes you say that because I, I most people would say messy i think or just if you ask the population um yeah. you know, maybe more flashy and fun what, what makes you I think, think that?
1: Ronaldo's more impressive like he came Messi was always amazing always world class Ronaldo was really bad at one point very wasteful very bad final product like very skinny he shows basically that if you put the effort in and if you really dedicate yourself to something you can get to the top you know because Messi when he was 17 at Barcelona was one of the best players in the world Ronaldo when he was 17 at Man United was not at all you know how Messi plays now at 32 or 34, whatever he is, to when he was 17, is not really that different. Of course he's better and more efficient. Like it's a very similar style. Ronaldo's completely evolved as a as a as a man, as a player, as everything. He's gone from playing left wing to right wing to striker. Like he's a completely different player. And it's all about how he's dedicated himself and realized his weaknesses and changed things. Messi's just naturally amazing, but to me more impressively is Ronaldo's rise to the
0: top. But yeah. Very, very interesting. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's a, I like that perspective. I guess I didn't really, you don't think like that, or I haven't thought of it like that, but that makes, that makes sense. I I just kind of always assume Ronaldo was just dominant the whole time. But obviously, man, you at that age, he was doing something right. But you're right. I think he's, uh, probably made a, a bigger kind of gap and then to get to that highest level. Um, all right. Last one, your biggest frustration in poker, what, what kind of would you like to have just overall, you know, we saw the big blind rule come into play big blind Annie, uh, which is nice change. We've seen party poker, get rid of real names, get rid of, get rid of HUDs per se. W- what is something that's frustrating or a suggestion or something you would just be like, if you could click a button that would just make poker better for everyone in, in general, do you have any kind of big picture idea or thought currently?
1: Biggest frustration, I really don't like re-entries. Like I'm really, really I hate re-entries or like unlimited re-entry tournaments, especially. I feel like I feel like it just puts a lot of people off. And I feel like even myself, like when I play the highest buy-ins of my buy-in range, if a tournament's like multi-entry, I sometimes feel not like fear, but like you you feel like oh like, I could I could lose a lot here or I could go really bad, you know? And in, yeah, I just feel like everything wrong about pokers with like re-entries really I, I think like single re-entry if something goes bad early on fine you know like if you get knocked out of a tournament after 10 minutes or one hour even two hours fine but like five hours unlimited re-entry kind of goes against everything which I like about poker you know about being able to knock someone out of a tournament To I think for a lot of amateurs the biggest thrill in the, like if they can knock you know like Jamie Stables out of the World Series you know he's not coming back they've sent him home do you know what I mean like I think that's a I think a lot of people like that the fact that he can just re enter and come and sit next to you again and then knock you out. I think very off putting for a lot of people, especially if it's like five hours into a tournament. If you knock not game stables out after 20 minutes, aces versus kings, or like set versus set, you know, it's not really it's fine, you know, you come back, you got unlucky, but if it's like five hours in or four hours in for six re entry. I don't know. Yeah,
0: when you you say that, like, like, look at Alex Boxen, right? He won the WPT 10K Bellagio six bullets or something, right? It's kind of crazy. Like, imagine you're an amateur. You knock out one of the top players in the world and then you see him, you know, after four hours. Now he's back in. He's back in. And like, you knock him three times and the guy's back in. So, you know, you could argue, well, they're putting money in the prize pool. I think Dylan Lind also won that tournament was into like eight bullets so you know it doesn't always work where it works out right there are people putting a lot of money in and dusting but it's also like the best players getting five six seven eight opportunities to build stacks be aggressive um yeah the crazy, tournament right? the tournament's
1: the tournament's infinitely harder like if you have like a hundred runner field on any site, and you have the best player in the world entering five times you have you now have like the best player in the world times five it's like it's it makes it a lot less attractive i think
0: um yeah i agree with that i think i think party gets it right with the one entry generally there's one entry uh, yeah re- rebuy, and also for people that travel for live tournaments too sort of the same thing like you know you get in there play your best do your thing but you get another chance of something kind of fluky or whatever happens but when you, it also gets expensive you know if you're in there and it's a 5k or 10k and you can rebuy four times or even six times one time a day for it can get expensive you know you go to a 5k buying and you're in for 25 30k it's uh it's not so, so nice, but um, yeah. fair enough. All right. Well, cool. I think we, you know, we covered a ton. Very interesting. A lot of major products you have going on. Love to, you know, get dive into your course. I'm going to, uh, I would love to chat a little more afterward. I know you're a busy man. I always try to get a hold of you. I never know what's best Instagram, WhatsApp, what, but we will hopefully get to connect and, and uh, we're, we're both fairly busy to be fair, but um, yeah, I would love to uh, dive in and get it. Get into that course a little bit, especially with major sure. stuff happening live and online, and, and maybe get a couple suggestions on the st- areas to start with. Um, so let's do this. Let's do this giveaway one hundred and nine ticket. Again, we can. Everyone eligible. So looks like there's almost a hundred people engaging. Very cool. Copy this. We'll go here. We'll hope this giveaway uses cool tool from DMP three. Great gaming. We're gonna put it in. It's gonna screen for bots and. Uh, let's see, let's see if we create contest. I'm going to let you RNG it. And I think it's going to work. Um,
1: 61. What's that? I went, I thought you wanted a number. Sorry.
0: Oh, we could do it. You know what? I feel like 61, maybe we should do a double here. I'm going to do one one Oh nine. We'll do this. So download retweets. Let's see if this works. Maybe I'll go to the 61st person who commented. It's kind of deep to count, but I got, I got, I got a second here. Did it work? 93 retweets, eligible, screening the bots. You tell me when to choose the winner. We're going to pick a winner for a 109 phase ticket. Okay. Uh, no. Now seems right. We're going to choose it, I'm sure. We're running it. Please wait. We're going to message someone. Uh, Ghost of them, if you can check on WhatsApp, let me know about who to raid when we finish this up. Here's the winner right here. Vasby uh, Vasil Vascoeuf. Sounds He's got it looks like some sort of he's doing some athletics stuff outdoors, but hopefully he's got now that availability to play this one hundred nine ticket on party. Uh, that's very nice, one hundred nine ticket. And you want to? Let's see, we could do that. We could we could run it back. I feel like we could give a second ticket because this feels like it's big time. It's World Poker Tour. It's it's a phase. There's a someone's going to get a shot to get into fifty three hundred. I mean that's a deep. You said sixty one, right? I mm-hmm. mean. Count here. Let's see. We got a second here. Tell. I'm gonna count. You talk to me about. Give me. Give me one other thing. Give me one other tip for those playing the World Poker Tour right now. What you would suggest to someone who's coming in? They, you know, whether it's tables. It's maybe it could be a setting. You know, to rumble. There's some settings on party that are cool. Or maybe it's color coordinating tables. What is like a a 32 person plays 32 tables. Give me an organizational. Do you move them left to right? Do you have a different bigger sizing for the more important tables? What is? What do you do? Give me that while I count 61 down and give a second nine ticket
1: i would have said patience because a lot of the other sites have very bad structures and the wbt is very slow structure. So if you're used to gambling early i would say you can have a lot more time to wait for a big, a big hand on party um in terms of actually the backgrounds on party are really good but i would recommend the irish open leprechaun uh background the leprechaun brings you good luck so that, use the irish open background wow
0: that's that's a big tip i hadn't heard that one before i'm I'm, listen don't 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 you you better believe you could tune in and see me using that when you see me streaming next all right this is 35 36 37 38 39 i might even mess it up but it doesn't matter because it's all random 40 41 42 43 44 45 46 47 48 what do we say 61 49 50 51 52 at vincero 53, 54, 55, 66, 57, and Hugo, 58, 59, 66, 61. Here's 61. Paulinho sounds Brazilian, Portuguese, speaking some foreign language, maybe Spanish, but he has got a one Oh nine ticket off of a random bank that Patrick said. I got it. My pick for this guy is to see him in the, the five K via the one Oh nine phase route. Cause this is just a bonus ticket on the spot giveaway that Patrick spit out a number and we had to do something with it. Uh, and he's getting it. Um, Alright, we're gonna get that, and I think we see who is to to raid. I don't even know how I'm gonna do this because this is a little different than usual. Any, any other tips? Any other things you want to say before we before we close off here? I think we covered a lot. I feel like we nailed it. Just absolutely dominated. If you, if you play football,
1: if you play, if you have a football team, the rule you should make is to find your players if they shoot from outside the box. That's my biggest tip. But that's like that's like next level. Like. A lot of a lot of uh, data into that, but if you if you own a football team or even if it's like a if, even if it's a social team, don't allow your players to shoot from outside the box. That's my that's my main thing.
0: Don't allow them to shoot outside.
1: No, don't allow them to shoot. Don't allow really. To shoot. Yeah,
0: really. Why is that? Just a per- too low percentage? You'd rather you it's know tough to
1: score. Like other, t- there'll be loads of people in front of you. You have to be very good to score. You're, you know, you're not necessarily going to be Ronaldo or Messi yourself. Um, usually, there's a better pass on keeping the ball alive. Is a very big thing getting it into the box where it's more dangerous. Maybe going wide, crossing it in very rare you see people when someone scores from outside the box you everyone remembers it but it doesn't happen very often most teams have like like six or seven shots a game which miss the target from outside the box if you look at the stats from the euros a lot of teams have like 22 shots and like four on targets you know a lot of waste and of possession going on when the other team's tired
0: um, that's very interesting. So I love that. That's very cool. Well, I'm going to send a raid to our friend who sent us raise actually a game specialist, CG 87, check it out. And pads. We'll see you. Uh, I hope you send me some info. Give me the recommended ones to, um, who you know give me a bit of uh give me a bit of of, uh, structure on what to play and again guys i'll I'll put up a video on my website and a customized kind of what we went over and explaining a bit about the course that was really valuable and hopefully you guys get a chance to study and work on your game whether it's on pads course or other ones and uh yeah man thanks Thanks a lot lot. very soon all right. You, That's Patrick, Patrick Leonard. Guys, I'm going to send a raid and I am going to roll out. We will have a very special, we got two athletes next week on the podcast. Uh, one Tom Lewis on Monday at 12 o'clock Eastern, I believe is the time. Keep an eye out for that. We'll do some giveaways with that. I hope he plays a bit of poker, but either way it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, appreciate you guys. I'll send that raid over to CG and we'll see you very soon. That's podcast number one thirty nine. Patrick Leonard, formerly a player in the world. Very interesting guy party poker ambassador and good luck to the world poker tour participants that are starting today at start on party poker until september 15th ton of action small medium and high we'll see you very soon cheers guys Hi, I'm Derek Stevens, owner and chief executive officer of Circus Sports, home of the world's largest sports book and now the largest football contest guarantee in history. We've got $10 million on the line between our two contests. Circa Millions has $4 million in guarantees, including a million in quarterly payouts. The Circus Survivor has a $6 million guarantee. The one thing at Circus Sports 100% payback, no rake. You enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com for more info. Must be 21 or older. And in the to legally enter. Circa sports encourages responsible gaming. All rights reserved. Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.